Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is the beef. This is the beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. That's why we're giving small business owners a platform to share their stories. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is the Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Beef. I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. I've got in the studio with me today, Curtis Morris from C. Morris Investments. I know you as Curtis from Bonfire Grill in Tomball, Texas, as well as Hedgehog Grill in Waller, Texas. Curtis, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, John. Man, I say this on every episode, it seems, but I'm really excited about this episode because, you know, I've gotten to know you a little bit through the chamber and some of the events we've been doing together and some wine tastings that we've done together. And, oh, man, it's been it's been awesome getting to know you, getting to know your story. And then, of course, just the uh, lunch trips that I make up a reason to go like today, you know, got to stop by and eat at Bonfire. We're having them on the podcast. Why not? It's all about those house ground burgers, man. That's what I had today was the Bonfire <laughs> burger with a little Bonfire spice on top. So good. Yep. And you're making me hungry. I know. I'm so <laughs> full, but I could just keep eating and I'm supposed to be on a diet. That's why I got it without the bun today. I'm supposed to be on a diet. I lost 20 pounds so far. I feel better. I decided to treat myself to those uh, wedge fries today, and I have no regrets. Okay, I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't tell anybody either. Yeah. We like to start off our shows with a little icebreaker question. So the question for today is, would you choose a shorter life to be super rich or a longer life and be somewhat poor? You know, that that's, that's a good question. I think uh, so many people out there would just choose that short life and burn it bright and just live it up on just a lot of money. But I'm not that kind of guy. I'm more of the guy that I, I enjoy the experience. I enjoy the ride. And so it's kind of like what I do with, with my restaurants or my company. It's more of, I want to have the experience and that's, that's what I enjoy passing on to other people. But I like to see what happens. And I feel like if I just led a short life, then I wouldn't be able to see everything. So I'd much rather have just enough money to make it by and make myself uh, a nice long life and just see what comes of it. I think any logical person has to agree with that for sure. I know if you had asked me this question when I was 18, I would have told you, man, let's, I'll die young, be rich, live fast. This is going to be a fun life while I'm here, but becoming a parent, that has changed my perspective quite a bit because yeah, you're right. Like, the thing that probably terrifies me the most at I'm 33 years old. So being in my early thirties, the thing that terrifies me the most is that impending, Hey, I'm not 20 anymore. Life doesn't seem infinite anymore. And uh, I want to be there to see my grandkids and I want to be like my, my family and see my great grandkids. You know, I don't want to miss anything. So I agree with you. You know, and I would not have understood that like last year or the year before, but I happened to, meet the woman that I ended up marrying this year, last year at a uh, market event, like a farmer's market event that I was holding at uh, my restaurant here in Tomball Bonfire. That's where I met her. 
and she had a daughter at the time as well. We still have a daughter. <laughs> she hasn't gone anywhere. Right? I hope so. Um, but that is that is developed up into, you know, I've I've been able to actually spend time around her. My wife's also pregnant now. So I've got, I've got a newborn that's coming. Uh, it's supposed to be due here in January. Yeah, congratulations. Well, thank you. That's awesome. But that sentiment speaks very much to me at this point because I just didn't understand really what it was to to be a parent. I told uh, Jessica this whenever I was first starting to see her that, hey, I'm going to really try and just jump full on in with this thing. And uh, hey, if I just if I just F it up, then uh, just let me know and we'll see what happens. But so far, no major mistakes, but we're still dealing with a preteen. And so, you know. Oh, (laughs) my son's 12 and I know your pain, man, more than you probably know. I know your pain. These hormones raging are just killing us. The attitude, you know, he's 12 going on 30, it seems like. just, And he's obviously the smartest person in any room at all times. He's got all the answers to life. I know exactly what my dad feels like now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I blame it on my wife. It's her fault. That I was a perfect child. Oh, there you go. You know, if, if you listen to what my mom would say about me, and that's what she would have said. So I'm just going to go with that. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> but yeah, it's man, it's crazy how they don't have to be yours. You know, it doesn't have to be your child to change your perspective. You can still love somebody the same. And I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. You can't replace that person's parent and they can't replace your child. But you can have that special bond with them, even as a step parent. I mean, my my wife, her father, uh, stepfather actually walked her down the aisle at our wedding. And, you know, just unfortunately, circumstances were what they were. Her dad wasn't at the wedding. You know, he's back in our lives now. Thank God. But, uh, you know, there's a connection she has with Barry that just you can't replace it. You know, great guy. So I have uh, a lot of love and respect for step parents or, you know, even if your stepdaughter's father is in her life and is a great person, at least you're there to be an addition to that, you know? Yeah. And uh, and her, her biological dad is. Uh, and one thing that I really, whenever I said jumped in, like she's my daughter at this right. point, like I'm not going to treat her any different than any other kid that Jess and I may have. It's just that's who she is. Like she's a, she's a beautiful soul, great kid, does a lot and keeps pushing herself. And I'm there to support that. You know, I feel like that's my role is to make sure that she's supported in any way she can be so that she can grow up and be successful in her life. If I didn't do that, then I'd feel like I'd be doing a disservice to her. I agree. No. And and thank you for sharing. I mean, you know, I know obviously this is a business podcast, but it's those stories behind the entrepreneur that really make and shape those businesses. Definitely branding. You know, we say in our outro, it's it's about a connection between you and your customers, your clients, your supporters, your investors, you know, all those people. There's got to be that connection there for your brand to stick, you know. So somehow we've got to connect. And that's why we love telling the stories of these businesses every single week like we do, because there's so many interesting stories out there that really just make you appreciate going to that restaurant or that store or wherever you're visiting and giving your hard-earned money over to that owner because you know their story. I appreciate you sharing that. All right, so before we get started with all this, I've got to take a second to talk about our partner, a tremendous sponsor for this podcast, Community Bank of Texas. They know that especially now, the experience and availability of a banking partner is crucial. They're here to help and support your business, and their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support that we need during these challenging economic times. As a business owner, a lot of things keep me up at night. My bank shouldn't be one of them. 
When you bank with Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about how committed your banker is to you. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. The short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions. When it comes to doing business, they simply deliver a better banking experience. They're a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas is business banking, better banking, member of the FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Yeah, and I guess that falls right into uh, with how I try and treat my employees. So across the board at both restaurants, we strive very much so to make them feel welcome, uh, make them feel like they're inclusive, uh, make them feel like they are wanted and special. I think so many, uh, especially large companies, uh, forget that. Uh, and even some of the small guys, like it's very difficult because especially if you're small, you are thinking constantly about where is my dollar going yep. because you don't have a slush fund to fall back on and you're not, you know, going through an IPO to where everybody's trading your stock to where you can just pull that back and garner more money at any time. You're just falling. Hey, I got this in my pocket and hopefully I can turn some cash flow and go forward. Uh, and so that's why I feel like it's important to treat them that way is to make sure that one, they feel, they feel wanted, they feel inclusive, they feel like they have input and then you, you make sure you take care of them. So I think one thing that, uh, we really try and do is if, if our employees need anything, then we're always there to say, Hey, we got you. We're going to help them make it through. So if, if they're having like with the freeze, uh, that just happened earlier this year and busted everybody's pipes. You know, I made a couple calls to some friends of mine so that we could get some people put up or we could make sure that their pipes were fixed in their house. Uh, and so those are the things to me that are more important as uh, just making sure that at the end of the day, yeah, they can come to work and they can make their paycheck, but they enjoy coming to work and they smile when they leave because they know that they have something solid and that they have somebody that actually cares about what their home life is. So it's not just, hey, can you work 12 hours or 13 hours or 14 hours, 15 hours, and you just keep going up and asking more and more and more without giving anything back. Uh, and I really enjoy the giving back. It makes me feel better because I've always wanted, if I worked for anybody else, which I have in my past, I wanted that from them and I just never got it. It was just, it was just rough. Uh, and I, I worked for a pretty good company back in the day. I was uh, actually a through the uh, management program on the retail side for Home Depot. Uh, and so I was working store manager side, um, assistant manager, worked up from the bottom, kind of thing like throwing bags of mulch in the back of people's vehicles, which is not the most fun. But it's a great workout, not the most fun though. But that's what I did. And that's where, you know, you, you look at, can I do this better? And I felt like I could. And so that's what what I ended up implementing at my, uh, my businesses. That's something I wish I could get across to every business owner, no matter whether they're listening to this podcast, every business owner in the world, if I could get them to grasp the concept, a good employee, because not all employees are good. If you know how to pick a good employee and you, and you found a few good employees that work for you, a good employee will care about your business almost as much as you do. If you just show that you care about them almost as much as they care about themselves. And it, it was something, you know, as someone who has 
management and operations experience with large companies myself, it's something I could never get across to the owners was, you know, why am I wanting to spend so much money on our employees? Because these things will make them happy. And if they're not happy when they show up, then our customers are not going to be happy with us and we're not going to be in business anymore. And it's just, it's a hard concept to get across because you're right. You know, we're pinching those pennies every step of the way and saying, man, but if I spend this money on this employee, where is my return? And we don't see that, that ROI as numbers on the spreadsheet. You have to see that ROI as when I walk in and, and your wait staff takes care of me, I've never come in and seen one of them in a bad mood. And I've been to your restaurant more than I should. And I've never been in and seen one of them in a bad mood. And they may have been, but they hit it well enough and took care of us as customers well enough. I just, I felt like I was somewhere that the employees own, you know, part of that business because they're just as invested, it seems, as getting it to be a, a happy place for you to go and get great service and not have a complaint. And I'm, and I'm not saying that to suck up to you because you're already on the podcast. So I don't have to suck up to you anymore. I got you where I needed you. But I say that with with a true, I'm saying it genuinely, that you have to take care of your people. Because if you don't, they're going to be miserable. And the biggest thing is, I know you know the number in your head of how much it costs you to acquire an employee and invest in that employee to make them ready to work for you. So imagine just throwing that away constantly because they've got one foot out the door. Because there's always someone that'll pay more, but there's not always someone that'll treat them better. And an employee will stay with you even if you pay them less because you treat them better or the opportunities they're going to have are better. You know, and I think a lot of people uh, forget that as well as um, because jobs are so fluid now that people are constantly coming and going. Everybody is. It is rough out there in general. And so if you can offer something above and beyond just the normal, yeah, here's your pay, but... If you don't offer a growth opportunity, like a real growth opportunity, because yeah. even on social media, I see sponsored ads all the time about, oh, come and join us and we'll do this for you. But then that's where it stops. It, it doesn't continue on. There's no actual growth there. That's what I offer to my guys. I'm like, hey, look, we're a small business, but these are the opportunities we're going for. And I keep them abreast of the new things that are happening. Uh, as well. So they're not kept in the dark. They are very much aware of in two months, we're going to start doing this program. Like for Bonfire, we're going to um, be rolling out our fall menu. Uh, and I have some input from everybody. They get to try the dishes. They get to make sure that everything uh, is understood by them. First off, uh, they get wine tastings. They'll even go through different uh, whiskey trainings, beer trainings, so that they they understand what all the stuff is. And that's all for the greater goal of expanding into a mobile bar service because we're able to actually cater off-site at this point for the, the full bar experience as well as food and do like private dinners and things at people's homes that may want to have that experience. Uh, and especially in today's environment, I felt like that was, that was really important. It's gone into from there into uh, partnerships with different nonprofits. Uh, so more, most recently, I partnered with the uh, Inspiration Ranch, uh, which I, I believe they may have been on the podcast a little bit ago. But they had us out and we did a, uh, did a wine tasting with them uh, so that they could sell different bottles of wine or a wine pole that was sold at their gala. So they could draw up so many dollars from all these wines that people just got to come in and grab bottles. And so they would just pay for each bottle they got to pull and it was hidden. You didn't know which one it was. I like to think that I had the best selection there. 
that was just me, but that's one of them. Uh, and we're going to be doing something with whiskey offsite uh, for them as well. And that's coming up here in December. But I, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about that we involve our employees in so that we can say, hey, you're not only going to be just stuck behind this bar, but if you make sure that we can keep it consistent and we can grow, then we're going to have you over here and that's going to be even more money for you. We'll be able to get a, a better well-being at home kind of thing as well. So their schedules can be more flexible uh, and they'll still be able to take care of their families and things like that whenever they're not having to be at just one location. That was the other thing, man. Whenever I was working for somebody else, it was always the same thing. Day in, day out. wasn't unique. I never got to travel around. Don't get to see other things. And, you know, for, for what I do with my company, I get to travel all the time. I am, I'm constantly in a car or standing in a hot kitchen. But those are the things that are, are unique to me. And I like to see new stuff every day. I like to meet sure. new people. I like to talk to them. And I want to be able to offer that to everyone else because I think that's an experience lacking in most people's jobs. And that's why people hate their jobs because it's the same thing every single day. I want to change that. I'm attempting to change the face of business as we know it. Right. That sounds really first uh, person. First Thank person. God someone is. It's a really noble feat, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is. It is so important because I can't imagine anything worse in a job than sitting in a cubicle every day, same location, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. with a 30 minute lunch. It just sounds terrible. Also, what are you going to do in 30 minutes, man? You like wolf down a sandwich and feel sad about yourself for the next five minutes. No lie. And that's what I love about my job. You know, I get to be on a podcast. I get to meet new people constantly. You know, tomorrow I get to go have lunch at a luncheon with you and a whole bunch of other people and get to meet new people and just enjoy what I do every single day. And it's never the same. You know, our, our office stays in one location, but what happens in this office changes every single day. And it's so exciting. It's so new. It's fresh. And I do. I think your, uh, your employees value that. And then what sticks out to me is how much you spend on training your employees so that they're knowledgeable. You know, when I say, well, what's your favorite wine? That employee actually has a favorite wine because they sat down and had a wine tasting. That's killer, you know, and then that's why I don't mind, you know, bonfire. It's no secret. You're not going to go in there and and pay eight bucks and and get out with a gourmet dinner. You know, this is a place that you should expect you're going to get scratch made food. And yeah, it's going to it's going to cost a little bit, but I don't mind paying that extra price to have that quality because for the quality, it's probably underpriced, to be honest. I'm going to say yes, because if if you're looking at where we get all of our products from, like how delicately we go through the sourcing process and ensure that we try and support local as well. I think a lot of people forget that once again, you start supporting local. We have been hit more heavily uh, by the inflationary times that we're in than larger businesses because we can't float it across a thousand other products, not like the Cisco's of the world or anything like that. So I know that uh, everybody is starting to look at it and go, man, I've really got to start raising it because the packages I put things in or the gas I'm using for this or different cuts of meat that I'm going to have to get are all vastly more expensive. It's up 20% across the board just for restaurants. And so, I mean, that's not only at Bonfire, that's a hedgehog as well. I mean, we're experiencing that. We're trying to hold firm with it. And so what I try and do is, especially at Bonfire, 
because I am writing the menus and I am talking to these business owners about the products to get, you have to be more creative. And so it's needing to be understood that at Bonfire, every single piece of product that we bring in there is touched by someone to break it down and then actually make the dish. Uh, so it's brought in whole and then broken down that way. Uh, it's not already pre-cut and cryovac and frozen and then brought in or the, the vegetables are brought in and already chopped up. And so that way it's just scoop service. It's very much like we bring it in and we break it down. And some of those dishes, just to prepare some of the sauces for them, takes over 12 hours to do. I feel like that that time and that quality is something that will come out in the cooking. But then I, I still want people to be able to afford it. I want them to be able to come out, you know, a couple times a week if they want. But then I also want those people to say, hey, I want to make it a special occasion. Uh, and then they can go full ham on anything from the over 145 different whiskeys or bourbons that I have to offer uh, to the over 100 different wines on my wine list uh, that we can offer. Those are the experiences I want people to have. That's what I was talking about earlier when I was saying experience. If if you go into a, a restaurant and you just eat some food, you know, the food's good. Um, but if you go into the restaurant, like you were saying, and that server says, I really enjoy this wine, you're going to love it with this food. And then you try it and it marries perfectly on your palate. You are never going to experience food the same way. You're always going to look for that. Oh, what can I get next? What can I get next? And that's what we want to offer. Not the uh, hustle of, you know, trying to get something out of out of people, but more of we want them to know what it is to truly enjoy food, uh, truly enjoy wine, truly enjoy a beverage, uh, because the bar setting we have is very much a restaurant setting. It's not a bar setting. You don't get to necessarily come in there and say, hey, I want a shot of Jack. Do we have it? Sure. But it's more for I want to experience this pour because that whiskey I've never heard of in my entire life. And we can talk to you about it. We can say, oh, do you like rye? Do you like uh, true bourbons? Do you, what, where's your flavor profile at? It's just more fun that way because then you can open up a dialogue. You can find out about those people and then really make it so that they walk out of there and not only go, man, my belly's full, but I really like the server that we had or the ambiance is amazing or, you know, just get to sit there. And since I have an open kitchen, talk absolute shit to the cooks that are back there <laughs> while they're cooking. And it's a lot of shit that they talk. Right. <laughs> no, the restaurant industry is, is a live one. That's for sure. It's more fun than anything else. And that's why, you know, as part of my company, we have restaurants is because it is different. It's a lot more fun. Uh, and you get to actually, you know, talk to people about those things day in and day out. Like the people I get to meet, just like yourself, are unique. They're fun. They're interesting. You know, that's why I'm really happy you brought me on this podcast because I never have gotten this opportunity before. It's a good thing to do. And quite honestly, the uh, Chamber of Commerce was the, I guess, gateway locally for me to be able to start talking to everybody about things. I'm super thankful for that. And, you know, Chamber of Commerce, they're, they're such a great resource for businesses in cities and, and areas all across the country. But one big thing we want to do with this podcast is, you know, I hope we have a lot of, of listeners right now that are business owners. But at the same time, I hope we have a lot of those listeners that are sitting at home thinking the same exact thing that we're talking about and saying, you know what? 
I want to try this place that he had on the podcast or that place because of the story I've heard and the connection I have with them already. And in that way, when they go in, now they know and expect, oh, okay, when when he or she said that I was going to enjoy this wine with this Wagyu steak sandwich, they knew exactly how it was going to pair. And my experience is going to be better because of that. So I'm absolutely with you. I think it's a, a really cool podcast to have because we have so many people that listen that are just in different stages of either wanting to try out a place or owning that business and, and hearing some of those really good points that they're going to get from you. So let's let's you know, bust that open. I know we've been talking about bonfire for a while, but you know, Hedgehog Grill, Waller, that's where I grew up most of my life spent in Waller. I graduated from Waller High School in 2006. I've got plenty of friends and family that live out there today. So of course, Sonic, Sonic was Hedgehog Grill, Hedgehog Grill before it was Hedgehog Grill, before they moved to the location without the, the little playground out there. And uh, I can tell you a funny story. When I first moved out to the country, you know, because I was probably, I think, four or five years old, something like that. And when you got land, you know, at least five or six acres and no neighbors that are close to you, the coolest thing about living out in the country and being a guy is you can walk outside and the world is your restroom. You know, that's that's at least the story my dad told me. So he taught me, you know, hey, we can go out back in the backyard and we can take a leak wherever we want. I translated that as to standing on top of the slide at Sonic and doing that in public in the middle of a city. And uh, horrified my parents. So we had to have that discussion about when it's appropriate and when it's not, which, you know, just I guess sometimes we do guy things like that. But that Sonic, thankfully, was uh, it sat vacant for so long. And then I, I guess y'all came in, purchased it. It's a really cool place. I love the way it looks. I've been in there. The burgers are my absolute favorite thing to eat there. And then the beer selection. Yeah, so the the beer selection that we have out there, uh, we try and stick with just Texas craft. Sometimes we'll go outside of that uh, if there's like special releases or things um, from other craft breweries around the United States. But otherwise, you're not going to see like just plain old beer, right? It's not going to be just your domestics. Uh, So we're not going to have Bud Light out there on draft. It's just not going to happen. We wanted to, and this was a little bit ahead of the time for Waller. Because it's been open six years now, as Hedgehog anyway. Just like any restaurant, it's evolved. But with 20 craft taps, uh, you just get something that's unique. And it's it's a lot of fun to sit out there and, one, try all the unique beers that are coming out. Because craft brewers do some wild shit. Oh. It is insane. Like I was uh, watching a, uh, a video one of my buddies sent me from uh, Ingenious Brewing, uh, which is over there, kind of close to IAH. Uh, and... They're like throwing whole pies into the <laughs> into the fermenter. They're like, yep, no, this is what we're doing. We're just throwing pies in there and saying, oh, this is how we're flavoring it. I'm going, I don't even understand how that works, but this beer tastes great. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> and, and that's fun, though. I mean, especially for out there, there's nothing around it. Uh, and one thing that I've uh, I've been talking to some people about is is developing other things. So. If anybody is around the Waller area that's that's listening, there used there is a building was the Copper Kettle uh, back in the day. So we bought that building, and one of the ideas that I have for uh, for working with it, and I think I had mentioned this to to you whenever I had first met you, and we're still waiting on the the city for growth uh, because because right now you know I mean Waller's an up and coming uh, place, but it hasn't quite itself as a city caught up to where 
uh, the area around it is. Uh, and it will be. It's it's not like it's behind or anything like that. It's an absolutely beautiful area and it's going to continue to grow and it's going to be a hot spot probably in the next year and a half. But we bought that building and what I wanted to do with that out there as well was to create more of a, uh, a clean farmer's market, if that makes sense. So somewhere where we could actually take a local vendor's and have them set up almost a grocery store type environment uh, for them to sell their product. And we'd be able to support them that way instead of them having to try and fight to get into HEB or um, go and stand out 150 degree heat. A little extreme, but you know, it's Texas, man. With the, with the humidity, you're like melting when you're out there, but stand at those farmer's markets and then just bake the whole time, right? So what we've been trying to do is uh, develop that up. So since it is right next to Hedgehog, draw in that partnership. Uh, so then we can further expand Hedgehog with um, that type of growth and bring in more of that local kind of feel because there isn't anything like that around. Hopefully, we can make that happen within the next um, within the next year. I think is what we're kind of projecting. Uh, once we get the uh, growth from the city utilities out there, um, but you know we'll be able to make that happen and grow Hedgehog even more, uh, so that that way maybe we have instead of just some really badass burgers out there, or probably the some of the best catfish you're going to find out there because it's. Oh my God, you are missing out, bro. It is a cornmeal fry, like true Southern style catfish. That's the only way to fry catfish. I think I heard somebody was trying to do it in flour and I was like, you make me sad. <laughs> so I'm very open to a lot of foods, but sure. but I grew up a, uh, a Texas boy and there are some things you don't mess with <laughs> like at all. Oh man. But no, we, I mean, we have a lot of fun out there and then... It's not as uh, elevated as bonfire, so we're not talking about you know pairing the beers with a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, the beers you get to drink are going to be unique. Uh, they're going to be a lot of fun. We can sell growlers to go. Uh, so we've been doing that uh, for years, even prior to the the COVID shutdown. Because I mean, you got to pay for it from the TABC, but you get it, and then you know you sell those craft beers to go. Right? It's amazing how that works. Oh, that's that's what you want to do. It's just going to cost you a little extra money, but you know we can allow that. The government's good for uh, for some things, but you know they don't always make small businesses happy. And we can just say that. I would say I think you know out of all the negative that we can talk about all day long with COVID, that is a positive that came out of it. Was there were some ways that companies kind of pitched to change some certain you know laws and just allow extensions of certain things to say, hey, we can probably make it if we can do this. Under normal circumstances, we can't, but let us do this. And then some of that stuff stuck around, like the to-go alcohol here in Texas. I think that's amazing. Yeah, actually, that has uh, been a really huge benefit to us. So many people now feel more comfortable buying it from somebody that they know it's going to be fresh instead of, and they're still going to the store, don't get me wrong, but they know they can get a better value if they look at it and they can get more unique choices and selections out of it because a lot of people don't know this, but there are so many different wines, for instance, and even beers that are sold to restaurants or bars only uh, that you cannot get your hands on in a store at all. Uh, and those are, uh, those are on-premise sales. And that also includes different things for whiskeys and bourbons. Uh, so you, you get that term allocated. Uh, quite often whenever you're in the actual spirits world. And that's something that we can offer as a uh, as a 
like restaurant and bar industry that you can't get if you go to the store. And I think that really, really benefited everybody over this past year with that law change, especially here in Texas, because we had some antiquated liquor laws. It was bad. There's a long way to go, but I think we have a, a good first step. It's really helping out the industry a lot so that we can actually um, push forward and continue to draw business instead of having to talk about the, the different things for margins on food. Uh, because used to in the restaurant industry, that was it. That's all you were talking about. Because uh, I mean, the entirety of your cost is just to open the doors for your staff and your food and your uh, LBW, if you have it, is going to be over 50%. Like just open the doors. And that doesn't even include uh, anything for utilities or rent or maintenance, taxes, because taxes are another thing and they just eat small businesses alive. It is bad. But you fight the beast to uh, be able to offer what you want people to understand that you have. You know, you make that sacrifice. So if you have something unique and people love it, then you continue to push through uh, and find a find a better way to uh, or a more unique way to survive. I, I think that was another thing COVID did, uh, especially for, uh, you know, my businesses. We had to pivot constantly. Uh, and one of the things I had done, I had joined the Chamber of Commerce uh, before COVID, at least for the Tomball area back in 2018, 2019. And just to be able to talk to them, just say, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, they seem to like cool people. Uh, and I grew up in the Tomball area, so I was able to at least recognize a couple of the names that were there because I had done community service stuff with them or participated because I was way back in the day in uh, student council for uh, Tomball High School. That was before the other new high school, and we didn't have fancy gyms or you know massive mega screens or anything. It was just one high school. There's a bunch of weird country people out here. I say weird in relative term. I love everybody in Tomball. We're all a little bit weird. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, it was just an experience. And I knew them and I said, hey, all right, let's hang out. But I was able to really talk to them during COVID. And I was able to say, hey, this is what I'm doing to try and help my community. And one of the things that we did as a company and that I did specifically for Bonfire was immediately turn back to as soon as the COVID shutdown happened supporting the community. Because I knew that like, yeah, restaurants were hit, bars were hit, and we were all just suffering. But I also knew that we weren't the only ones suffering. And there were thousands and thousands of people, even locally, that had lost their jobs. They had no way to make money. Uh, they were either terminated entirely or furloughed uh, to where they had a quote unquote hope of a job, which most of them didn't even come back in that kind of capacity. you know. And they needed something to be able to utilize. And so I, I talked to the chamber about marketing out a um, Sunday market that I was doing. And it was in conjunction with the Tomball Farmers Market because I just said, hey, I've got a nice big piece of visible property right in downtown Tomball. And there is a massive amount of traffic driving by. And if we set up people out front, they're going to show up. That's kind of like the old uh, build it and they will come kind of thing. And it happened. And like I said, that's that's how I met my wife. She just was one of those businesses that showed up and uh, she made her famous banana bread. I'm going to say famous because it's so, so good. And yet you showed up for a podcast today without banana bread. I, you know, she didn't have any ready. <laughs> so we're blaming the wife. All right. Yeah, all right. So you're going to get a, uh, you're going to definitely get some loaves here at the, uh, yeah, I was at the say, shop, man. 
I, I will make a special cheat day out of it because banana bread is one of my weaknesses. That's literally the reason I married her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't blame you. No other reason. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, we we just had to continue pivoting as an industry. And um, I think that's one thing that made us so much more successful uh, than other businesses that uh, not in the Tomball area specifically, but just in the country. Uh, one thing I, I will give credit to uh, Tomball is it is a growing area. Uh, the the city is very conducive to new growth. Uh, the chamber is constantly looking for more businesses and bigger businesses to help grow and develop the uh, the area, so that we can capture the environment that people want to have and experience. And Tomball is one of those unique places as well. And I, I really really enjoy the town as a um, it's on the outskirts of Houston and you travel into Houston, you get to experience all the cool things and you walk around, but it's, it's still a hustle and bustle city. Uh, and then Tomball sitting out here, it feels hustle and bustle, but then you can go to somebody that their family built the town. Like it is incredibly unique in that way. Uh, and I have not been to another small town that's on the outskirts of a major city like Houston that can actually say that. Uh, so you're going to know those people like you walk down the street, they'll tell you hi by your first name. And those are the fun things uh, that you get to experience. And whenever you're a business owner and you're going around developing um, properties or traveling to different cities and you get to meet all these people, it's refreshing to come back to a smaller town like this in a relative term, I say small, but um, and then talk to those people because like I said, they know you. They say, oh, well, I knew you back then and, you know, now I know you now and you have a nice beard. And that, I think, is code word for I think you've gained 100 pounds. But, you know, I take it with what I can get. <laughs> like, eh. and I wish I could grow a beard, but I don't know that I physically could. And then, uh, you know, I think most people know that I spend some time on a fire truck, too. So uh, can't have a beard when I'm on the fire truck. So can't you have those like. Badass mustaches, I though. I can have a fat stash right yeah. under my nose for sure. Do it. But I'm telling you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I could grow one that was just thick and majestic enough. You know, my buddy that uh, had lunch with today, we, we were joking with him and calling him Super Mario because, you know, he's he's growing his out and he's in that awkward stage. I'm like, I just don't know if I could do it. I want to, though, because I think facial hair, it just automatically adds some cool to you. Unless you have all that facial hair and you don't know how to work with your hands, then, you know, I think the the public perception is you're posing there. But that's all right. You know, everybody can be unique and have what they want. And I'm jealous of anyone that can grow a beard. Dude, I can't even help myself. I'm like the... Uh, yeah, the uh credit card commercial back in the day where it was like Vikings and they were having a beard growing contest that I swear to God, I, I just, I think about growing a beard and it pops out like six inches and I'm going, Oh Jesus. Now I got to trim it up. <laughs> right. I always have to shave, you know, every single morning, like I didn't shave this morning and you know, there's, it's definitely noticeable, but it just grows in scraggly. I can't even tell, man. Looks nice and smooth over here. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm got like a three inch beard going on right yep, now. And yep, I just, no, it's definitely. And I mean, obviously our listeners can't see you, but full face all the way up under the nose. I mean, just over that lip, like this is a full on beard. So, you know, and they, you know, people will see it. Like if I ever meet them in person, they're going to be looking for the, the guy with this giant ash 
giant ass beard. And I'm like, yep, well, that's, I mean, that's the one. <laughs> you go to Bonfire and Tomball, you're not going to not see Curtis there. Cause I think I've been probably for happy hour, lunch, dinner, um, you know, late lunch. I've been several different times on several different days. And I think every single time, maybe once out of the six, seven times I've been there, I haven't seen you. Well, it's hard to miss me too. I'm like six, three. So like even in a crowd, people are looking up going, oh, I found him. <laughs> there he is. So I know we've been focusing on Hedgehog and, and Bonfire, but you know, you've got this investment company. Is that what we call it? Is that what, yeah. what are you, what are you doing? Who's Curtis and, and what's your true business besides just restaurants? So the, the true business behind everything is a commercial development company. Just to give you a little background story, because it was a, it was a unique evolution. Whenever I was growing up, my dad had initially wanted to open a restaurant. Uh, and we had, we got some property over there off of uh, 45, we still have the property, but he wanted to open a restaurant there. And this is back in the early 90s. So this is before 45 even had widened out uh, the first time. And it's widened out again since then. But it was right across from the um, Goodyear Blimp Station. So right there in like the prime spring area, 45, he was going to open up this beautiful Italian restaurant. And, uh, actually, the pizza oven that was there in uh, Bonfire was actually installed in that building. Uh, and so we had moved it back in the mid-2000s uh, over to where Bonfire is for a uh, another restaurant concept we had had here in Tomball. So we just bricked it in. Same pizza oven we've had. It's been going now for about 16 years as a pizza oven. It's not going anywhere. Wow. It's it's literally so heavy. We had to forklift it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, try getting a forklift through, uh, which the garage doors still work on Bonfire, but you get it in and try and not break tile with it. Right. <laughs> just like sit it down and we're going, well, yeah, it's never yeah, moving again. It. I hope we're I'm happy. Done. <laughs> we'll build a new one. He started that out. And this is back whenever I was, um, I was two and uh my sister had just been born and at that point in time and this is 92 at the at the time so i'm 31 just so everybody knows he decided then that the restaurant industry because he had worked in it for years before that uh, was just going to sap all of his time away from his family and he didn't want to do that especially opening up a brand new concept you're not going to go anywhere anytime soon like you're going to actually spend your days in there until you get all the systems in place so that you can actually go even do podcasts like this. You know, you have to, you have to make sure everything's in line. Uh, and so he moved into a, uh, a secondary thing uh, for him at the time, which he had grown up doing, which was construction. And he started a home building uh, business, started doing custom homes. Uh, and I remember distinctly being five years old out on, uh, pieces of property that he was trying to build people's houses and I'm picking up sticks and little bits of trash and everything like that to make sure the property looked uh, clean, uh, which for me at the time, I was going, oh my God, this is terrible because I'm five and I felt like I needed to run around and hit my brother with a stick, you know, kid things. <laughs> so we, uh, I grew up doing that and I learned so much about construction. And he held on to uh, his home building business and actually was building houses up until maybe about six, seven years ago. Uh, and then he stopped doing that. And we we all sat down and we decided since we had started coming so far that we're going to just roll everything into one company. And so we rolled it into what is now Seymour's Investments, LLC. 
So we now have the the two restaurants. We have the commercial development portion of it uh, because started out as home building, but then moved into uh, property development itself. So going and finding these pieces of property, making sure that we can come up with something for it. We either build something on it uh, and then utilize that to further other people's goals and businesses. Uh, and we can help them do that. Um, it's moved into consultation uh, as well, uh, which... I have recently been doing some consultation for some other businesses that are around here. And then it's also moved into the restaurants. And so we we just took all of that knowledge and all of that experience from myself, my dad, my mom, and my brother um, to really form a, a very unique uh, company. Uh, it's family-centric. It's constantly growing. Uh, and we're just trying to continue on with the times with it. And so that's basically what we do is we uh, will basically take the properties, either develop them up, or if somebody has a piece of property and they go, man, I don't really know what to do with it. We're like, well, we'll come in and throw in some ideas for you as like a consultation type, type thing. Um, or we'll come in and help people develop up their business. You know, like you said, it's you see me a lot at Bonfire, but that's because I'm writing the menu there. And there's a lot of just heart that I've poured personally poured into that place, but I'm everywhere else at the same time. And the good thing about uh, society nowadays is you can do a lot of stuff from your phone. Am I constantly on my phone? Yes. Do I, do I get like almost 200 messages a day from people? Also, yes, <laughs> but it, it's just the nature of the beast. I enjoy it. Uh, it's something that I know if I can continue growing, like building uh, everything up, then I'm going to be able to provide for my daughter that's about to be born, my daughter I currently have, uh, and my wife. And that's what I want to be able to do. And you build up a good team of people to help you out with things like that. Um, like I was referring to earlier, taking care of your people, I make sure that they're taken care of so I can grow with them. Uh, because if I'm just going to grow up and do it all myself, that's great. But if I have people that I know I can trust to say, hey, I can bring you in while we're doing this and they can also make sure that those things are happening and executed at the same time, that's what I want to be able to do. It makes my life so much easier uh, than if I was just trying to one man show it. Um, but yeah, that's basically what we do with uh, with my family. We just it, it's more of, uh, like I said, getting getting your hands out there uh, and just doing a lot of things to change the scenery uh, more so than anything. And just having the experience is really what has helped uh, catapult the entire family business further along. I'm not going to, I haven't even looked back, honestly. It's just more fun that way. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with, with everything you said about you know, developing those people and the reasons why. I mean, those are great reasons. It's what we kind of started off our conversation about is family, you know, children specifically, but all of them. I want to be there to to get old with the wife. And uh, I can't do that comfortably if I don't set myself up for success now. So it sounds like you had a well-diversified company, a lot of different types of investments and a lot of different things in the works. You know, if the restaurant industry uh, falls through, there's going to be people doing that pivot and you can help them develop those properties and find another way to stay alive and find another passion. It seems like a very interesting business to be in. Yeah. And I guess if you're looking at it from a... Uh property management kind of standpoint, that's the bulk of what our uh, investments have been in. And, you know, it's it's nice 
uh, and all, but then you have to deal with um, the government once again coming in and you're like, okay, well, now we have to do X, Y, and Z to make sure we make money. Because uh, one thing that is always uh, for sure in life, the old uh, saying is, is death and taxes. Yep. And man, that is the one thing that you have to make sure you can pay those taxes up until you die. <laughs> yep. And then you get taxed on that. <laughs> I was going to say, and then whoever inherits that needs to make sure they can pay the taxes on it too. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be awesome. amazing. Well, and that's what, that's what the whole uh, idea for our company was, you know, is to, to grow it up and build it as a family. Uh, and it, it started with uh, my grandfather, uh, which was, his name was Curtis. And uh, then my dad, whose name is Curtis. Uh, and then myself. Curtis. So we're living a legacy here, but so a diversified group of names as well in the yeah, family. It's, I got uh, it. You know, yeah, I can't tell we're all related or anything. <laughs> I tried to name my son, my firstborn, a junior. My wife wouldn't have it. She told me no. So my wife and I had this conversation uh, before we found out we were having a girl, and we got down to his name could be Curtis, but she didn't want him to be Curtis the third. And I go, but why? She goes, well, because literally none of y'all's names at all are spelled correctly and none of them line up, which just to, just to fill you in on that. So uh, my grandpa's name, different middle name, but my dad got um, a, the same middle name as me. However, when I was born and my mom looked at my grandma and said, oh, well, how do you spell his middle name? I want to make sure it's correct because my mom had just turned 20. And so she was young, just gone through birthing a kid. And my grandma goes, oh, this is how you spell it. And so it was incorrect. It's one letter off. I shouldn't even be a junior, but I am. Yeah. And so Jess had said, no, we're going to have a uh, different middle name, but he can still be Curtis. And I was like, I just wanted to make it. So he's like, Curtis the third, somebody like C3PO, like we're going to nickname this kid and it's going to be amazing. And uh, so I've at least got the first name down, but I don't get the third. I wanted to make it sound like royalty. I'd put a little crown on him and shit. You know? But <laughs> the thing is, you got to have a boy to do that. So you got a girl coming. I do. And uh, we, we chose Lily. First off, it's, it's just a, I think it's a pretty name. I'm oh, a little biased. Oh, it's a great name. Well, thank you. It is. Uh, no, it really is. I like the name. Um, but we, we went with something that was a little bit, um, a little bit softer. And so it's just, you know, we can have something that I think is going to be happy for everybody because uh, I think, God, man, I never realized how much effort it took to figure out what you were going to call your kid. Yes. I'm like, I feel like it should just come to you. It does not. You go through a list of like 100 names and you go, none of those sound great. <laughs> so after uh, my firstborn child, I did not get the John Jr. So his name is Camden, um, Irish background for you know the the male side of the family and uh kelly obviously be my last name so I, I said we're gonna stick with the irish theme then um but we came to that conclusion because basically we had that conversation where we're sitting on the couch and she just says this name and that name and this name and that name and then all i say is hate it hate it hate it more hate it yeah no mm -mm, not that one and then finally, one day, just out of the blue, she sent me a text message with five of her favorite boy names and five of her favorite girl names. And she said, these are the names that I like. I said, all right, cool. And she said, which ones are your favorite? So I picked one boy name and one girl name. And I said, these are my two favorite. And she said, it's perfect. 
those are the exact two that I would have chosen as my favorite. And I said, that's it. We're done. There's no more conversation. That's it. And so he wound up being Camden. And uh, yeah, you know, same thing. We uh, we wanted something that was unique, you know, I guess. I, even though I wanted him to be a John, everybody's a John. You know, just like I think the only other name that may be more popular is Muhammad in the world. And that's it. So it's like those two names are so popular that there's just there's so many Johns. And I never realized how many John Kellys there are in the world either. But with Camden, it's becoming a more popular name. But, you know, Camden, Caitlin and Jameson, those are my my three. And we just wanted that normal, not normal James or John or Mark or, you know, but we wanted something, too, that was not um, not an abnormal name or, you know, there's different ways to spell their names. Sure. But for the most part, people know how Camden gets called Cameron a lot, but close enough. (laughs) It's close enough, son. You're fine. (laughs) Get over it. Well, you know, uh, we I think we could talk all day and probably make this a three or four hour podcast just because you and I are both that way. But just give me that that quick spiel about each company you know who is bonfire what do y'all do why should i come who is hedgehog and if i've got a property why should i come to you just a, a kind of like 60 second advertisement of this is who we are check us out and and this is why i'll tell you why you should come by bonfire uh, is because that restaurant itself is locally sourced it's from scratch cooking you actually get to see and talk to the people that are preparing your food Um, you know that it's fresh whenever you taste it. And then it's always a unique culinary creation. Just to toss this nugget out, it's brisket ravioli. If you've ever heard of that anywhere ever, then okay, we'll talk. But otherwise, I can't say that I've seen it anywhere else. Number one selling dish we have. We have a whole, we have 145 different whiskeys or bourbons up on the wall, plus a, uh, massive selection of craft cocktails that we can make that are going to be the absolute best, uh, as well as a huge wine selection that you cannot find anywhere else. That's very unique and paired perfectly with your foods. Uh, and at Hedgehog, over 20 craft beers on tap, all Texas craft, unless there's a special release from somewhere else that we feel would be a great experience for a beer drinker. Amazing burgers, fries, fried catfish, fish tacos, Chicken fried steak, which, yeah, you can get it anywhere, but ours is amazing because it's it's actually fresh battered out. We're going to do that in-house, fresh onion rings, hand-battered onion rings, and just a unique hidden gem out in Waller. Uh, and for a growing town that's out there, not anything around it that you're going to be able to find to compare. Uh, and then for my company, if you are looking for somebody that wants to that you want to be able to expand out what your business is. Uh, If you have a restaurant, if you have a bar, if you have some property that you're like, man, I don't know what to do with this. uh, And you want to talk to somebody about it. We can do that for you. And you're not only going to get just somebody that gives you a phone call on a sales pitch. You're actually going to get me. You're going to get my brother. You're going to get my dad. And we will actually personally be there to talk to you about it and walk you through the ideas Uh, Instead of just, yeah, we can do this and then charge you a bunch of money for it. That's not what we're about. We're about making sure that you are successful so that we can be successful. 
Uh, and it, it's more of a team effort in that way. So whenever we're talking about partnering up and developing up people's properties or their concepts, that's what we do. Uh, and we want that to be the first most unique experience that you can get instead of, yeah, we have the experience, we can do this for you and here it is, take it or leave it. It's, well, let's see what we can do. Let's talk to you about it. Let's see what your true desire is. And if we can make your idea or your concept come into fruition, like whatever you may picture or dream of, we'll make it happen for you. We'll develop that up with you and we'll be there every step of the way. Are y'all on social media and the web and, and all that? Can I find you on a website or Facebook, Instagram, anything? So for the restaurants, yes. Uh, so we've got Bonfire Grill 425 uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and then Hedgehog Grill uh, on Facebook. We do not have an Instagram for Hedgehog. We aren't uh, Instagrammable, I guess, uh, yet out there. Um, but the uh, Bonfire website is bonfiregrill.net. Uh, you can actually go on there, look at uh, several different pictures that we have for uh, different dishes, uh, check out the newer menu items being added and input, uh, and same thing with Hedgehog. Hedgehoggrill.com is what you want to go to for that. And if you want to do some online ordering, we have that option as well for each restaurant. Uh, but for the actual uh, commercial development portion, we're just working off uh, word of mouth uh, and really building that up small just because we want to tailor that experience more so than just a, uh, a true marketing consultation platform. It's, yeah, if you talk to us, we can definitely work with you on it uh, and then work with it from there. And we can give you some um, background on what we have done before as well as projects we have worked on and what we can do for you. Uh, and so that way you know what you're getting instead of, you know, just a blase, you know, website with a bunch of cool pictures and a lot of excitement and fun. It's, no, you're going to call us up and we're going to actually be able to sit down and talk with you and say, yeah, no, this is what we have done. This is what we can do. And then we can go from there. I just, so far we felt like websites are cool and all, but there's too many of them out there that, are going to try and tell you the same thing over and over and over, and it just doesn't do you any good. So do you have a phone number or email that you would prefer they contact you on for the commercial development side? For contacting our commercial development, it's going to be cmorrisinvestmentsllc at gmail.com. Uh, that's going to be just our general company email. So we'll be able to actually talk with anybody about um, what they'd like to do if they want to develop something up or if they want to talk about different opportunities that are out there or different properties that we may have that they want to come in on uh, as a uh, building a concept on per se. Right. And if anybody's looking at uh, contacting bonfire for like the catering and things like that, that we had talked about, you can contact us at bonfire grill four two five at gmail.com. And that goes straight to the restaurant. Well, Curtis, it was a great conversation. I can't thank you enough for coming out today and uh, telling us all about you and your companies. And I don't know, we might have to follow this up with a, another episode with a, a new concept that you launch or something, man, because we got to continue these conversations. You know, I, I would love to absolutely do that. And thank you for having me on. Uh, it was such a pleasure being able to talk with you, man, because, you know, we get to chat sometimes, but this is beautiful. Uh, and maybe next time I'll just bring some uh, whiskey and we'll just be pouring it back the whole time and see how far we make it. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, maybe maybe that'll have to be the After Hours Business After Hours podcast or something there. Oh, you got it, man. I've That's got a, a, I've got a little concept bottle of the whiskey with your name on it now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we'll do a Business After Hours and then uh, just see how crazy we can get. Let's do it, man. Awesome. 
You've been listening to The Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef Podcast.